Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is Brett Menard, and this is the podcast extension for ROI Show 493. Our guests for today are Dr. Jennifer Miller and Dr. Yuming Wang, postdoctoral researchers in the Department of Archaeology at the Max Planck Institute for Geoanthropology, who will be talking to us today about ostrich eggshell beads reveal 50,000-year-old social network across Africa. The history buffs joining us are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. Rick, you get to start us off this time. Okay. Thank you, Brett. Jennifer and Yuming, I'm curious, in the broadcast portion, you mentioned that uh, these symbols of social uh, standing or uh, identification, et cetera, et cetera, occurred uh, from your best research at this point at 50,000 years, if not more. What specifically changed in human interaction and in human, uh, uh, well, what was the need for this, uh, this symbol, these symbols of, of distinction? Yeah, well, that's, that's the big question, isn't it? So there are beads earlier than ostrich eggshell beads, which begin 50,000 years ago. There are beads that go back uh, 140,000 in kind of northern Africa, and these tend to be natural marine shells, some of which have natural perforations, and they're collected on the beach and used as beads. Um, but that is the big question. Why did people evolve this need? Uh, and at this point, we can only speculate, but it seems to have something to do with these large social networks we have. Um, a famous researcher, a psychologist, Robin Dunbar, compared uh, among primates neocortex size, which is the frontal brain size, compared to social group size, and found that the more complex social groups are, the larger they are, uh, the larger the neocortex is. Now, we are incredibly encephalized, meaning our brain is large for our body size, and we have the largest social groups. Um, they're practically off the scale of you know, primate social groups. And so there is this idea that the more relationships that we have to keep track of, uh, we need to find better ways to do it. Uh, you can imagine if you didn't know who somebody was, um, it, you know, and you, you might um, accidentally make a social misstep and treat them in a way that you wouldn't if you knew who they were. We're all aware of who authority figures are today. Uh, if you see a policeman, you're going to be, or a police person, you're going to be particularly, um, you know, polite most of the time. So uh, this, this need to have regular and predictable social interactions with people who we don't necessarily know seems to have something to do with driving the need for symbolic evolution. And this may be to do with increasing population densities, um, far-ranging social networks that come in a response to changing environments and shifting climates that uh, we had to call upon, you know, our allies in times of resource stress. These are all ideas about why we might have evolved this need in the past. Okay, Ed. Yes. Can the two of you tell us um, how it is that, that you two came together for this project and what the actual process was? You both have highly advanced degrees in your specialties, um, but does Max Planck, Max Planck Institute put something out there that says, hey, we're looking for postdocs to do this specific project, or do you approach them and say, are you interested in hiring me to do this? What's that process like? Okay. 
So actually, it's not like this. So we we both are already um, employed uh, in the Max Planck, and um, it was during the COVID um, time. Jennifer um, approached me said, "Hey, I have this huge amount of ostrich eggshell beads data." Uh, would you be interested to look at it? Um, so I am um, a paleoclimatologist, and also I'm, I'm doing a lot of data um, analysis, um, data science, so I'm also a data scientist. So I was very fascinated by this amount of uh, um, beats. It's more than 1,500 beats that uh, going span from 50,000 years ago. So I was very excited. And also we really wanted to look at how climate change has shifted this human social culture um, in Africa uh, between Eastern and Southern Africa. So um, this is how our project came about, um, really. Um, it's really actually a COVID, um, COVID baby, I guess. <laughs> COVID baby. <laughs> Excellent. So I'll, I'll dig a little deeper into... Um, Ed's question. So how did each of you get interested in your specialty? I, I imagine there are very few um, elementary school students who on career day say, when I grew up, I want to study uh, geoanthropology. So what, what got you into the field? Okay, um, this is Eming. So I am, um, so I am a earth science um, earth system scientist. So I'm really interested in what process affect our climate evolution throughout uh, our earth history at a different geological timescale. And I'm also fascinated how natural and also human activities impact uh, other animal or human resource use in the past and in the future. So this is um, so um, what I do is I actually develop and also apply biomolecular approach or a chem geochemical approach to um, really understand um, what happened in the past in terms of climate um, and also vegetation change and also uh, human population change. So um, this is what I do. Um, so I do both lab work and also data analysis um, um, in the in the office as well, um, but I'm really I'm really fascinated how our Earth system work actually how everything like from atmosphere to ocean to land to um, to our vegetation how all the system work together that um, shape um, how human uh, how we human are so um, this is what I do. And so uh, this is Jennifer now. I actually was interested as a child. So I tell the story a fair bit. When I was five or six years old, I got an educational book as a gift. And it was a very factual account of human and hominid evolution. Um, I was inspired from that time to think about how things were in the past. And even today, I love a good mystery. I love a good puzzle. I love trying to figure out explanations and alternative explanations. And um, it, it just happened when I went to graduate school for archaeology, my supervisor, Dr. Pamela Willoughby at the University of Alberta, was very open and free and said, you know, find something that interests you and pursue it. And that just happened to be 
symbolic ornaments and uh, particularly ostrich eggshell beads for me. So it really happened very naturally that I was already interested in thinking about the past uh, and then it became a narrower and narrower focus. And then Yiming and I, being colleagues and being friends, uh, we each brought our own expertise to this project and made it something more than just the sum of its parts together we created something that neither of us could have done alone, um, bringing our, our unique skill sets. And I think it, it produced uh, something that's, that's very exciting and that I feel really proud of. Excellent. Rick, you get the last question of the podcast. Well, it's a pretty trite one, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, why eggshells? Why not marine shells? If there was movements of these people through environments, uh, was eggshell just the uh, resource that was most available? Uh, you know what's really interesting about that is that there's a lot of the archaeological record that is unexplored. Um, Africa has not really been systematically explored, so there are relatively few coastal sites outside of southern Africa um, that have you know, appropriate ages to look at this time period. It's it's strictly just uh, a matter of what has been done so far in the past. And I think as um, as research continues over the next decade, we're going to find more and more of these sites, clearly. And, um, you know, at the moment, these ostrich eggshell beads are everywhere. They're in abundance. They're at sites. And so they were, they were easy to kind of um, sure. document, collect. Sure and store in museums. And so, um, you know, the, um, there, there are certainly marine shell beads, and um, we will be finding more of the sites that have them in the future, without a doubt. Excellent. We would like to thank our guests for this 493rd show, Dr. Jennifer Miller and Dr. Yuming Wang, postdoctoral researchers in the Department of Archaeology at the Max Planck Institute for Geoanthropology in Germany, who talked to us today about ostrich eggshell beads reveal 50,000-year-old social network across Africa. The history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at TuneIn.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at soundcloud.com. Just put in KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.